It's time to talk football. It's time to talk Dons. North Sound 1, Red Friday. It's destination Dingwall for the Dons tomorrow as Aberdeen make the journey to play Ross County. Looking to get back to winning ways after a draw against Dundee United and defeat to Rangers so far in January. Johnny Hayes knows that his side can't take anything for granted. I think you're fine when a new manager comes in. There's always going to be a bit of a, a bounce, I suppose, around the place. Um, John Hughes, there's, in my opinion, there's not many better coaches in Scotland. Um, very highly regarded everywhere. I don't think I've ever heard anyone say a bad word about him. So I know, I know for a fact that uh, you will get a reaction from players and they will look to obviously turn things around and start climbing the table. North Sound 1, Red Friday. Yes, this is Red Friday on North Sound 1 and I'm joined by Dave McDermott and Andrew Shiny. First of all, Andrew, have you recovered from another round trip to Livingston with no football played? <laughs> Just about. <laughs> yeah, that's 525 miles I've driven up and down uh, in varying weather conditions and not seen a ball kicked in anger yet, uh, which just, you know, uh, it just knocks in the head forever this notion that that pitch is all weather because it, it's it, um, it, it all weather handle. as in doesn't doesn't work in all weathers <laughs> well almost yes um it was extremely frustrating uh, on wednesday night obviously because the the players had done their warm ups uh, you could see that the, the pitch was underwater in areas and then they came out and they started brushing the water off um, which i thought was a bit late in the day to be doing that then Stephen McLean and Graham Granger, his fourth official, did their, their inspection once again. Uh, as the players stood in the tunnels, basically waiting for the, the nod to, to go ahead. And ultimately, the game's called off. But uh, I think one of the problems with, with the pitch is that I think Davy Martindale, the Livingston manager, said that basically underneath the grass, it's, a, it's like a bitumen road. And there are little holes in it for the water to go through, but because it's been frozen, it's, it's, there's no water, no holes for the water to go through, so the water just rises up to the surface. It is frozen underneath, and so ultimately it becomes like a skating rink with artificial grass on top of it, with water yeah. in there as well. Not the ideal sort of surface for professional footballers to go about their trade. Not particularly, and David does mean that the Dons now play Livingston twice in a few days at the end of the month, the well, hopefully. match uh, on the 30th, all being well, and then of course the Tuesday, and uh, it's a weird one because uh, David Martindale just winning the Manager of the Month award, and perhaps in a weird way it might it might favour the Dons to, to have to wait a few weeks to play them. It might do because um, Livingston at the moment are, are on a, a absolutely unbelievable run under da- uh, David Martindale but uh, uh, you would think by the time Aberdeen play them again or play them next that that run will have come to an end and yeah you could be right it could be a wee bit uh, different and we'll certainly know plenty about them after the, the two games in quick succession should they go ahead. Yeah, and uh, Andrew, it has been a week of changes in Scotland with coronavirus and football. I mean, every week's been a week of change uh, for the last nine months. But uh, we've seen the lower leagues below the Championship postponed until February, along with the Scottish Cup. We just mentioned there the rescheduled game for the end of the month, which takes place instead of that Scottish Cup tie. Uh, Things at the moment continuing at the top level, but it has been um, a week where you do worry because we have seen the Celtic situation go from disaster to disaster to disaster. 
Um, and whilst we don't envisage any trips to Dubai anytime soon for any players or any teams, you do have your cons- concerns that one more incident might upset the apple cart. Totally. I think um, we're in last chance saloon now as far as the government is concerned. Anybody uh, who steps out of line uh, is going to be the catalyst for senior football in Scotland coming to a halt. I'm quite sure of that. Uh, we've spoken for a, a number of weeks about uh, the fear of uh, football being sidelined once again because you know you just need to look at the the daily figures that come out from the government of of cases of hospitalizations of people in ICU of increased numbers of deaths uh, restrictions on travel restrictions and on day to day life uh, and you do wonder how much longer can football keep going I can understand why uh, you know. They want to keep football going because it is good for the mental well-being of football fans that they have something to look forward to mm-hmm. uh, every week. Um, albeit they can't go along and watch the games, they can see it through virtual season tickets and and club uh, TV channels, etc. But I, I rather fear for for the game that, um, as we say, one more step out of line, be it deliberate or not, um, is going to cause the postponement of of games and it will be very difficult to get things started again because um, you're looking at, you know, the restrictions that we're under at the moment are in place through to the end of the month. I don't think anybody envisages any loosening of these restrictions going into February and possibly going all the way through that month unless something drastic happens for the better. So uh, football very much under the microscope. The Celtic scenario... Uh, did no one any favours whatsoever. I mean, whoever deemed that uh, a sensible trip really needs to look at themselves because that was just a disaster waiting to happen. And of course, it has happened. Yeah, it has. And you, we know that the testing at the top level, Dave, is rigorous. We can understand why the top level has continued. The full-time players as well, because obviously part-time players tend to just by the nature of their job come into contact with more people but on that obviously we're all missing this Scottish Cup uh, round of games that was due to play at the end of the month was it the right decision to let the Scottish Cup go ahead or should that have just been put to one side for a season well I think it might end up being put to one side for this season because how they're going to get I mean there's so many second round ties still to to be concluded and even though there's no replays uh, just finding the time to fit them in is uh, going to be very difficult but no I think in the circumstances as we mentioned things are changing from day to day almost and uh, I think it was the right to, to try and get it to uh, get it completed but uh, I do fear that uh, it will not be completed and of course as we've been suggesting we may not even complete the league either Yeah well hopefully we do see uh, a little more of the league and hopefully we see it through and it does continue tomorrow and it's in Dingwall, it's Ross County who sit bottom of the table uh, but Aberdeen boss Derek McInnes knows that league positions don't mean much over 90 minutes Yeah I think we played Ross County maybe the last time. I think they might have been bottom of the league. Um, and I said then, it'll fluctuate. Whoever, whoever teams at the bottom of the league can change over the course of a season several times. And uh, you know, I believe that Ross County had a good enough squad and, and good enough manager then to, to stay in the Premier League. And I still believe that. It's a different manager. Um, and I'm sure John will be looking to try and get a few of his own players in in January. He's, he's already maybe got a couple in and try to get his stamp on it and make those little changes and tweaks here and there. So 
I still think they've got a squad that can stay in the Premier League and I still think they've got a manager that can do that. I think if they were going to appoint a manager, Andrew, that could get them out of the bottom position, John Hughes seems like a, a pretty good option. Yes, I mean, he's got enormous experience. I mean, I was just looking back. His first game against Aberdeen as a manager was way back in August 2005. That's 15 and a half years ago. Um, and he's, he's one of those charismatic characters, isn't he, big yogi, that um, I, I don't think any player if he was told to go and run through a brick wall by John Hughes, would argue with him, to be perfectly honest, um, because Yogi's the type of player that did exactly that. Um, he he made the most of, let's say, limited technical ability with enormous heart, great passion, uh, and, and no little football knowledge. Um, make no mistake, you know, he, he's not just one of those, um, you know, gung-ho, hell-for-leather um, type managers. It's all about impassioned speeches. He knows the game inside out. Uh, he's he's made one or two changes, one or two interesting changes. Uh, Tony Andrew, for example, coming in out of the cold uh, to go and join Ross County. We've seen uh, in his days at Hamilton what a good player he can be when he's in form. Uh, and, uh, yeah, I, th- I think he will galvanise Ross County to an extent, but the worry is that they still concede far too many silly goals. We saw that when they played against Livingston in their last outing. Uh, they've conceded 42, 44, no, 42 goals in 23 league games. That's almost an average of two a game. That's far too many for anybody, particularly when you're down at the bottom end of the table. Uh, if you're needing to win games, you don't want to think, well, we've got to score three because we we'll always concede two. And when you look at their scoring record, 14 goals in, in 23 games, you can see where the problems are for County. They're not scoring enough. They're conceding too many. But if they can get a wee bit of momentum going, a wee bit of a run going, you look at how tight it is down at the bottom end of the table. There's only six points separating St Mirren, who are getting lots of praise from everybody in eighth place, and Ross County in bottom place. So uh, it's very fine dividing lines, but Aberdeen will be travelling up to Dingwall tomorrow in the knowledge that they've won their last four games, scoring 12 times, uh, you know, in the last four league visits to Dingwall, that's been the scenario. So they got with there with no fear whatsoever. It's another ground that they do well at, uh, and they will be going all out for the victory because uh, there is the opportunity once again to put increased daylight between ourselves and Hibernian uh, in third place. And I know Derek always says that Aberdeen's battles are with themselves. They're, they're not interested in what everybody else does, but fans and Folk like us always look at the league table and you're always looking to get daylight between yourself and the side closest to you. Well, you are. And Dave, a win for Ross County, and this is how they'll be looking at it. And suddenly they're on the same points as St Johnston, depending on results elsewhere. And they can leapfrog the likes of Hamilton and Motherwell and uh, and, and be right up sort of looking upwards rather than, than down the way and it is really that much of a, a fine margin at the bottom they've got a similar start to the Dons in terms of points so far just the one point from six possible points in their first two games but again I, you suspect that John Hughes the first thing he's going to do is going to, he's going to try and make Ross County difficult to beat Yeah I'm sure he is and uh, as Andrew alluded to he's, he is a, a decent te- te- a tactician in terms of a manager I don't think it'll be as comfortable as it was the last time we were up there uh, when we could have been about three or four up in the opening 20 minutes. Uh, and I still think Aberdeen should have too much for County, but uh, no, J- John Hughes, he's been brought in for a reason, that's to keep 
Ross County in the top flight and I'm sure like Derek said that uh, that's something he'll achieve but as Johnny Hayes said at the top of the show the, the new manager bounce you know, is something we've got to be very aware of yeah, it's a huge game, as it always is for the Dons. It's Ross County in Dingwall tomorrow, and we've got more build-up on Red Friday next. North Sound 1, Red Friday. This is Red Friday on North Sound 1. I'm Mike. I'm joined in the studio by Dave McDermott and Andrew Shiny. And news just over the last 24 hours or so of Thomas Cherney, the former Hamilton and Partick goalkeeper. He's left Aberdeen and he's retired due to an ongoing knee problem and he plans to stay in Scotland and to train as a PE teacher. It's amazing the rapport that Thomas has managed to build up over the last two and a bit years with the fans when you consider he never played a game at Petaudry for Aberdeen. Uh, He only made one and a half appearances for Aberdeen, both of which were at Easter Road. The first time, remember Dave, when uh, Joe Lewis knocked his head against the post and hurt himself uh, and Thomas came on for the second half, kept a clean sheet and were 1-2-1. And then the last game of the season uh, when again we won 2-1 down there and Thomas played outstandingly well that day but I don't think you can you can look at the the bold statistics and say well Thomas Cherney what did he give to Aberdeen what he gave was you know undying support to Joe Lewis as his number two and it's it's only because Joe has been such a good goalkeeper that uh, Thomas never got any other chances, but um, he showed in those brief appearances for Aberdeen that uh, you know he w- he could f- step in there without any problem whatsoever, and he was also great in the dressing room, and he's probably one of the finest Instagram accounts that you'll find for a football player. <laughs> he takes wonderful photographs, and he's mad as a hatter. I mean, he goes. Most swimming goalkeepers at, are, of course. Yeah, but Thomas has must got to be madder, madder than most. I mean, he goes swimming in the North Sea in the winter time to try and aid his recovery. That's maybe what's caused the knee problem. <laughs> uh, but uh, a really nice guy, and we wish him every success in his future career as a PE teacher. And delighted or photographer he, or photographer. <laughs> delighted to hear that he's going to be staying in the northeast. Uh, because his family have settled really well here and he's going to continue to work with the academy uh, looking after younger goalkeepers. So I wish Thomas a a long, very happy retirement and thank you for the 135 minutes of first team action that you gave us or you were allowed to give us. Well, you, you you say that, but you know how many Dons fans, Dave, would do anything to play 135 minutes Abs- for Aberdeen? Absolutely, and uh, you know both appearances or the one and a half appearances, he, he did very well in in both of them. And he, we we know from when Aberdeen played against uh, Thomas uh, Hamilton Partick, what a capable goalkeeper he is. And uh, as I say, uh, just uh, echo what Andrew said that uh, wish him all the very best and. He will, he will stay in touch because he'll still be involved with the, the youngsters out at Cormac Park. Now there's been continued talk about Scott Wright and his move to Rangers and the Ibrox boss Stephen Gerrard has admitted that he wants the player to sign sooner rather than later. I think what we're keen to do is uh, to do everything right and be respectful to Aberdeen and Derek um, and also Scott as well. Um, you know, things are progressing well uh, in terms of trying to get it tied up for next season. I think that's the priority. Um, had a conversation with Derek um, after our game, which was, I felt was the right time to do it. You know, we didn't want it to interfere with either side's preparations going into that game. Um, you know, and if it can be done in this window, that would be a bonus. 
um, and a boost to us. Having said that, we want to be respectful to the opposition um, and Scott himself. So I need to leave that now to the people that talk above me in terms of the Aberdeen board and Rangers board. Um, if something can be done, then great. If not, um, the priority for me is to get it tied up for next season. Yeah, I mean, we spoke last week, Andrew, and you made an impassioned plea to Scott Wright to not move down south and to continue his career at Aberdeen for a little while longer. And uh, I said... Well, at least it's not like the Eamon Brophy situation where he's moving to another club in Scotland and uh, we saw what happened with the Eamon Brophy situation. It seems to be that this one is being handled rather differently and there's not the behind the scenes stuff going on that we know what we suspect is happening with the Brophy situation. But it still is, from a Don's fan's point of view, probably the the worst destination. Well, not probably. It's the worst destination that Don's fans would want Scott Wright to be heading. Yes, I think if uh, it was to be the case that an English club was saying what Stephen Gerrard's saying, some would say, best of luck, Scott Wright, thanks for your service, but it's very different when it's the Ibrox club who are, are chasing after Aberdeen stars. Um, again, it's it's one of those that I'm quite sure... Well, Derek McInnes named Scott Wright in the side to play against Livingston, so he's happy to play Scott Wright until such time as he's no longer an Aberdeen player. I think he'll want to hold on to him as long as he possibly can. But again, it's football. Anything can happen. Yeah. And Dave, there is a difference, of course, this season in that there's no fans in the stadium. Would the situation be different for Scott Wright continuing to play in a red shirt if that move is confirmed and it isn't happening before the summer? Would that still happen if the fans were in? If the fans were in, there would obviously be, as well, uh, Ryan Jack and Richard Foster recently will testify that there will be you're not going to be welcomed with open arms, say, if you're heading to to Rangers. So, perhaps in some small way, Scott, if if it does look as though he's going to down to Ibrox, uh, he might be quite relieved that there aren't any fans around just now. Yeah, well, we'll find out. I'm sure in due course what happens with the Scott Wright saga. So it's Ross County tomorrow, the destination for the Dons and a Ross County team, bottom of the league, but a new boss, John Hughes, has taken over there, and uh, let's find out what the fans think and get the thoughts of our fan reporter Graham Watt. Yeah Mike, looking forward to the trip to Dingwall, hopefully we can go up there and get the three points. Uh, I don't think it'll be as straightforward as the last time we were there, you know, we, we kind of blew them away uh, very early on. Um, John Hughes will definitely have them organised. Um, I don't know if they'll sit in and just try and hit Aberdeen on the break, but Aberdeen should have more than enough to, to deal with um, whatever Ross County have to throw at us with all due respect but um, I fully expect Aberdeen to go there and get the win and hopefully get a few goals as well Mike you know um, it's it's important that the, the two guys up top start finding the net that hasn't been um, happening as of late so to get goals Mike I think is important get the three points keep the pressure on Celtic and try and get a, a little bit of distance between us and Hibs um, I think it's going to be very tight up there um, now that we're in the, the second half of the season but as I say Mike, Aberdeen can go there get the three points and just, just take care of business it's one of those ones it could be sticky but um, I'm, I'm fully confident Aberdeen will get the win and I'm going for a clean sheet as well Mike I'm going to say 3-0 Aberdeen for this one Yeah confident uh, Dave and I think 3-0 I think we'd all take that but Aberdeen will play this much like they've played most games this season and I would imagine they'll be attacking I'd imagine they'll use their width and I feel that there are goals because I don't 
still rate the Ross County defence, although I think they'll be tighter and more difficult to beat. And again, like we always say, it's about not conceding and trying to get that opening goal. Yeah, very much so. And uh, yes, I mean, make no mistake, Derek will be looking for three points uh, up in up in Dingwall tomorrow afternoon. And uh, as I said earlier, I'm I'm sure that Aberdeen will have too much for Ross County, but it won't be. And as Graham reiterated again there, that uh, it won't be as easy as the the first game, which Andrew was at, and uh, you. Know, confirm that uh, Aberdeen could and should have been about three or four up after about 15 minutes. Yeah, I think it could have been even earlier than that, Dave. I think we we hit the post and we missed three really good chances in the opening 10 minutes of that game. And again, it's it's one of those that you look back on and you see uh, goal scorers Watkins, Ferguson, two penalties. You think, ah, Mm. two penalties. Uh, you, you got a wee bit lucky there but no it was a totally dominant performance from Aberdeen Ross County were very very open on that occasion when we played them at Pataudry more recently they were much tighter defensively but they were still you know making errors that, that cost them a couple of goals it was two very good finishes from uh, Curtis Mayne if you remember at Pataudry that, that won the game for the Dons the important thing at Pataudry was that we got an early goal and that settled Aberdeen down. That's going to be the same scenario, I think, tomorrow. Derek will want Aberdeen to to go at Ross County uh, and try and get an early strike to settle everything down. But uh, just looking at the team that uh, John Hughes put out last week, uh, his back four was Naismith, Watson, Donaldson and Yakoviti. Now, Yakoviti is a centre-back who's been pushed out to left-back. Keith Watson's a right-back who's been pushed into centre-back, so he's still juggling trying to get the right blend at the back, and I think that is a problem. And Ross Laidlaw behind him, I'm sorry, I've just never rated Ross Laidlaw. I think he makes too many errors. He'll make the odd good save, but I wouldn't be confident if I was a central defender with Ross Laidlaw behind me, and that's where Aberdeen have got to try and take full advantage is of... an and maybe lack of understanding between the defenders and their goalkeeper. And if you can do that, then that lack of confidence will spill through to the front players for Ross County. And they had Ollie Shaw up front last week who missed an absolute sitter uh, at a very important juncture of the game. So they are they are not going into, into this game with confidence brimming. Uh, they'll have had a whole week of Yogi getting in their ear, telling them what they've got to do, what they've got to do right, what they can't afford to do wrong if they're to get a result against Aberdeen. But Ryan Hedges' absence, how will how much will that be felt by Aberdeen? I think we've got good enough players to, to make up for, for Ryan's absence. But it won't be easy. I'd love to think it could be as a comprehensive a victory as the 3-0 that Graham's predicting. I have a feeling it might be just a wee bit tighter. Yeah, and you have to look back to last week's game. We haven't really touched on it yet, Dave, but the Rangers game where there were a lot of positives to take from that. Obviously, the Dons going down to 10 men, but you felt that they not only held their own, but also had a go. And and to get that goal with 10 men, albeit I think Rangers were playing a very high line at that particular point, you you do have to say that uh, it was a real different feeling coming off the back of that defeat to many of the games against Rangers in recent history? Yeah, I mean, the fact that both Curtis and Sam started the game was, a, I think, a, a, a sort of notice of intent from, from Derek. And up until Ryan Hedges sent off, and something has to be done for that, that rule because 
Ryan did everything he possibly could to try and get out of the tackle on Morelos. Um, but uh, at that point, you kind of thought, well, that's it and that's how it proved. But the fact that we were two goals down and we got back into the game with a very good goal from Matty Kennedy for his first of the season. And, uh, you know, Rangers were a wee bit nervous as that game was in the latter stages that uh, they were going to drop points. But, uh, yeah, you never take too much out of the fact you get beaten. But uh, it certainly was uh, up until if Hedges hadn't been sent off it would have been interesting to see how that one would have uh, panned out Yeah it is Ross County against the Dons tomorrow in Dingwall and we have more build up to that plus beat the pundit on the way in just a minute North Sound 1 Red Friday It's Red Friday on North Sound 1 I'm Mike in the studio we have Dave McDermott and Andrew Shiny and Andrew last week it was photographer Stephen Dobson who took on Dave on Beat the Pundit. How did he get on? Uh, he did very well. He scored five points. Uh, unfortunately, Dave, you just managed to pick up two. So it's now... I'm the Sheffield United of the punditry world at you the moment. Are, yeah. But Sheffield United beat yeah, Newcastle well, United that's, that's on That's why I mentioned. Yeah, but <laughs> Stephen Dobson being a Newcastle United supporter redressed the balance a little bit there. But it's now 11 and a half, 7 and a half in, in favour of the Red Army, Dave. So you're going to have to pull your socks up, yeah, son. Yeah, it's slipping. Well, this week it's Don's fan James Reed Graham spoke to James to get his predictions. Yes, Mike, taking on Dave tonight is Don's fan James. First up, James, Saturday's games, Celtic versus Livingston. Your score predictions for this one. Okay, Celtic have had a tough time recently, but I still reckon they'll they'll do it against Livingston, so I'm gonna go with 2-0 Celtic. Hamilton versus Dundee United. And Dundee Dundee coming off the back of a few draws and, and a couple of losses. I think they'll do it against Hamilton, so I think I think I'll go for a, a, a little 1-0 for Dundee United. Hibbs versus Kilmarnock. So Killy have had a good few results recently, but I think Hibbs at home. I think Hibs will do it. I think I'll go with 2-1 Hibs. St. Johnston versus St. Mirren. St. Johnston St. Mirren's a tricky one. Uh, I think I think I might go for a draw for this one, actually. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say one all. Bit of a stalemate. Finally, on Saturday, Ross County versus Aberdeen. James, your score predictions for this one? Obviously, as a Dons fan, I've got to back Aberdeen. I'm, I'm going to say 2-0 Aberdeen against County. And then on Sunday, we have Motherwell versus Rangers. James, score predictions for this one? Then, yeah, Sunday. I mean, even, even away from home, I think Rangers will... Rangers will come out on top, so I'll go for I'll go for three 0 Rangers against Motherwell. Oh, there we go then, Dave. That's James' predictions. Let's go through them and get yours. First of all, starting with the games on Saturday, it's Celtic against Livingston. Two uh, one Celtic. Dundee United they visit Hamilton. Yeah, I think um, Hamilton with the home advantage. I'm going for a share of the spoils. One one. Come on out there at Easter Road. They play Hibs. Two 0 Hibs. St Johnston at McDermott Park at home to St Mirren. Again, I can't separate them and uh, one one. And the big one, it's the Dons up in Dingwalls, Ross County against Aberdeen. Three one Aberdeen. One game on Sunday, it's Motherwell who host League Leaders Rangers. Two 0 Rangers. Yeah, Andrew. There's again, as we always, when we look at these fixtures, there's there's certainly some interesting ones. The one for me that's going to be interesting tomorrow, outside of the Dons one, uh, there are a couple actually, but certainly the Celtic one. Just given the amount of players that aren't available, watching them against Hibs midweek, you've got to say that there were some uh, players who came through that with, I think some pass marks and there were quite a few for me that were fairly uh, fairly 
average, I, w- I would say. Yeah, um, it did look as though David Turnbull's free kick was going to give them all three points, but once again, that Achilles heel that Celtic have got, they can't defend set pieces, and Kevin Nisbet took advantage, got the equaliser. You know, I quite fancy Livingston uh, at Celtic Park. Davy Martindale has got them absolutely flying. Eight games he's been in charge, eight victories, and... They're the type of side that they've they've got no they're no respecters of reputations, uh, and I've a feeling that they will they'll look at it as a free hit, particularly with Celtic having so many people out missing uh, because of you know this this Dubai trip. Um, I I just I have a sneaking suspicion that Livingston might just shade it, but. Um, whatever, it's going to be a very very tough ninety minutes for Celtic, but. Absolutely no sympathy for them. I mean, as I said earlier, whoever thought it was a good idea to be going to Dubai now, um, fair enough back in November uh, when they got their permission, but surely to goodness you take into account what's happening just now because we've seen it. As Dave said, things are changing day on day. Um, yeah, you know, there was also um, the confusing situation with Shane Duffy because, of course, he left the bubble, left the group, and then was we were told, oh, he's not available mm-hmm. for the game, and then but lo and behold, there he is. He played. He, yeah. Mind you, he had a great assist for the Hibs goal, but well, uh, up until that point, uh, you, you were kind of thinking, what what's going on? Well, exactly, and I don't think the governing bodies have covered themselves in glory. I mean, the uh, Hibs, I thought, were perfectly within their rights to be seeking further testing of Celtic players. Uh, because the way this virus is spreading and like wildfire in so many parts of Scotland, particularly in the Celtic belt, central belt, the, the Lothians, um, you know, it's understandable that players' families are saying, look, are you safe to be playing against these guys? Um, so I, I don't think the SPFL were right to just poo-poo that request that um, yeah. uh, the Celtic players get further testing. But uh, once again, you know, Christopher Julian's the one who's come back testing positive. What on earth was the benefit in a player who's out for four months travelling seven hours out to Dubai, if not just to get a bit of sun in his back? It wasn't to aid his recuperation. That must be the reason, Andrew, because, I mean, when we went out to Dubai the last uh, four, four years, any Aberdeen player that was injured, unless they were back actually in training and it was going to benefit, like Scott Wright last year. Yeah, uh, able Bryson, to run. Yeah, Craig Bryson yeah. stayed at home because there was no point in him being out. It was totally unnecessary. Yeah, I mean, this is a guy that comes off the plane in crutches. You know, so what was he out there other than, as I say, to get sun on his back? Have a yeah. holiday. Uh, it, it beggars belief in the, the arrogance that has been shown by Celtic to not only the rest of Scottish football, but more particularly to their own fans. Is breathtaking. And then they furlough their under-18s in the same week, which is just adding insult to injury. Indeed. Yeah. Just a bizarre situation. One of the the biggest PR disasters, I think, in uh, Scottish <laughs> football for a very long time. And, and it just lurches from bad to worse to worse to worse. And you, you just think, that, is there going to be any end to it? But uh, anyhow, let, let's look at the other games that are going on. Uh, Hamilton Aki's Dundee United, very interesting. I mean, what a goal that was from Lauren Shanklin in midweek. I mean, <laughs> Not bad. It, it was a, a pretty decent hit. I mean, when, uh, when I saw he'd scored from the halfway line, you're thinking it's, it's a clear goalkeeping error but I don't think there was very much Xander Clark could have done and, and for him to have hit that first time from way out and get it on target that takes a f- special skill um, but it was again another draw for United and Hamilton 
never easy to play against. Had to smile when they, you know, there's talk about uh, players should they be hugging and celebrating. Uh, Brian Rice saying, we will follow all the coronavirus restrictions. Would like to be able to have a chance to hug. Yeah, they've got to score a goal first. <laughs> well, indeed. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Uh, Hibs Kilmarnock, another one interesting. Of course, with the the, the Dons, will have a yeah, they'll have an eye on that. Obviously, not during the game, but the fans will certainly be keeping an eye on the score in that one. Yes, uh, and Hibs, you know, that was a good result for them to to get a draw at Celtic. Although they will feel that they should have picked up all three points. Kilmarnock, they're coming into a wee bit of form now. Uh, that one could go either way. It may well be that it's home advantage that swings it. But uh, uh, another decent looking game of football between two sides that like to get the ball down and pass it. So uh, yeah. it should be entertaining. At Motherwell Rangers on Sunday, Dave. And of course, Motherwell now with new management and Rangers going so well. But we did see moments in the game last week where you could see how teams could exploit Rangers and it, a, a lot of it seemed to come down to uh, as well as Aberdeen the way that the, the Dons set up and were quite attacking we've seen that a few times now with teams attacking Rangers it seems to work quite well um, but also there was a bit of complacency I, I suspect set in when they went down to the 10 men uh, they didn't seem quite like they were uh, uh, the concentration levels were there and Motherwell they'll come in with a new manager you get that new manager bounce and I, I suspect they might have a go on Sunday Well Graham Alexander was in the main stand at Pataudry last week and yeah I think Keel of taken note of how Aberdeen approached the game and uh, we saw how uh, Celtic approached the game against Rangers the week before, again down to 10 men, making a a huge difference to the outcome of that one but uh, I I wouldn't be surprised if uh, Motherwell really have a go uh, at Fir Park on, on Sunday but I do think Rangers will prove to be too strong for them and then, of course, the big one, Ross County, Aberdeen, Andrew. We've had Dave's prediction, but let's get yours. What's the score going to be? Uh, I'm going along with James, uh, 2-0 to Aberdeen. Uh, I think it will be tight, um, but uh, Aberdeen, I think, have just got too much firepower for uh, a county defence that doesn't fill me full of confidence. And with them drawing blanks at the other end far too often for uh, everybody's comfort up in Dingwall uh, Aberdeen to win 2-0 and remember we'll have all the updates that you need right here in North Sound 1 on Red Saturday starting from 2 o'clock the kickoff is 3 o'clock up in Dingwall it's Ross County against Aberdeen North Sound 1 Red Friday